If you enjoy the show, share it with a friend. You can find us at facebook.com slash show, and you can visit our new home on the web at www.tracktune.com slash slipangle. You can also leave us reviews and ratings in the iTunes store. For those of you in Northern and Southern California, I will be driving out from Atlanta this Friday uh, and should be out in California until around uh, probably April 18th or 19th or so before I head back to Atlanta. So almost a good three weeks there. Uh, if you want to get together or know of any events that I should hit up, please shoot me an email, austin at tracktune.com. You can also send us uh, Facebook messages too at the Tracktune Facebook page. to Slip Angle Show. I'm Austin Cabot, and today I am joined by the 2012 GT Academy champion, Steve Doherty. What's going on, Steve? How's it going? Going great, man. Thanks so much for coming on. Anytime. So, yeah, you know, I guess we met back back in 2012 before you even started, well, I guess in the middle of your GT Academy journey. Uh, I guess when you had gotten back from, what, from San, San Diego? Yeah, San Diego, yeah. Yeah, so... How yeah. did that? Uh, how did that whole thing kind of come about? You know, like you're like, oh, I just love playing video games, or, or was it something you like that you set on that was your goal? Or, well, I mean, I always played Gran Turismo, so um, I think naturally, when I heard about the GT Academy thing, growing up, the only thing I ever wanted to do was be uh, a racing driver. So when I heard about the the whole GT Academy thing, the first one was the way back when uh, Lucas won, I think okay. 2008 or something like that. So, yeah, when I was back in like the eight bit GT uh, <laughs> Gran Turismo days, right? GT four, like whatever. Yeah, it was. yeah. yeah <laughs> not quite that far back, but uh, yeah, when when he uh, went through that whole thing, it was only for Europe, but they had the time trials open for everybody. So, I kind of messed around with that a little bit, and then in 2011, they brought it to the U.S. Right, and uh, that's when Brian Highcotter won, right? Yep, Highcotter won that year. Okay, um, I I tried out for it that year, kind of. Uh, a half-ass kind of attempt and i ended up missing the national finals by six hundredths of a second oh man over four minutes of uh of lap time and oh came man down to that's so, so close yeah i was i was pretty upset about that so uh when they announced they were doing it again for 2012 i was like all right well this time 100 percent of my time 100 percent of my effort i'm going for it and yeah. uh i did and it it paid off because obviously i'm here the winner uh, yeah i got I was 25th out of the whole U.S. of over 400,000 people in the online Man. time trial. So, uh, yeah, it's it's just been a, a crazy wild ride, and yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah. So now going back, a lot of people don't know that you actually had a little bit of driving experience coming into the whole thing. Uh, maybe not on road courses and stuff as much, but uh, you want to kind of like walk us back and kind of tell us how you got into motorsport. Yeah. Well, I I grew up uh, going to the local oval track with my dad and and some friends as I got older. So. Uh, obviously I was watching those guys and I was like, yeah, I can beat these guys. Right. Yeah. So you, they, that's where it always goes, right? Exactly. Yeah. They had a four cylinder front wheel drive class and you know, that's the kind of cars that we like. So, uh, I got a, I got a Honda civic from my aunt. Basically it was pretty much wrecked. So picked that up for basically free and fixed it up for about $50. And 
I was working for a construction company at the time, and I asked my boss, hey, can uh, can me and my buddy borrow your truck and trailer for the weekend for on a Friday? And and he sponsored us with that, and off we went, off we went racing. And basically, that was pretty much the only racing experience I ever had was just in my fifty dollar front wheel drive piece of crap, and yeah. I didn't care. I was racing, so right, <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. So yeah, so you you started doing that stuff. Um, I guess after that first event, did you learn anything? You know. How how competitive were you right out right out of the box? Uh, the first night I went, I didn't make the feature, and the, oh, the, really? the feature is the top sixteen qualifiers, and then like two or four from the semi features, or whatever. So I didn't make the feature. I was pretty disappointed. So you know, like uh, we were talking about this a little earlier, but a lot of people just tend to cry and complain that everybody's yeah. cheating or whatever. <laughs> but I went home and uh, we got to work on the car, and I watched some video of of the race and. Just kind of kept doing that, and eventually that season I ended up like I think fourth place was my best finish. Okay, so not too bad. But uh, then I went to automotive school. I went to UTI after that. Okay, which uh, which location? The one here in Chicago? Yeah, Chicago, okay. Glendale Heights. Have um, you seen their new their new building that they have? I've driven past it, but I haven't yeah. been there yet. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I went to there. Um, started working full time as a as an auto technician for Audi. Actually, went to the Audi Academy and all huh. that. And then I came back home and uh, started racing the same car and the same track again and started getting some wins. And then we found out at the end of 2005 that 2006 was going to be the last year that the track was open. Huh. So they uh, they announced that, and I went for the championship. And I got second place in the championship in 2005. So okay. being the first loser was, <laughs> again, some good motivation. And, yeah. Uh, Did you make all of the events that year, too? I did, except for one, which okay. is kind of a funny story. Yeah, if you would have made that one. What's, yeah. what's the story behind that one? I was, at, I was at the track on Wednesday, and uh, the track owner was there. And instead of racing on Fridays, it was going to be on Saturday. And I said, hey, is it a points race or you know what, what's going on with that? And he said, no, no, it's just a fun race on a Saturday. <laughs> and then I come back the next week, and guess what? It was a points race. Yeah, and he's that, in cahoots, man. He was exactly, in cahoots. Exactly. <laughs> that was what decided the championship, really. Cause man. I lost by 100 and I think 25 points, and uh, you know, on a normal night, you usually get about 200. So. Okay, yeah, so you could have probably gotten like second place that night and still... Yeah, even a top five yeah. would have been fine. Man. So. We re- so we re- close, <laughs> so close. We remember these things, and yeah. Well, who knows, man? You might be like a, a famous NASCAR driver now. You know, instead of doing the GT Academy thing. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I wouldn't mind it at all, but you know, that's uh, not always how it works. But yeah, yeah, I'd love to for sure. Yeah. So now, I guess from from the GT Academy thing, um, you know, obviously, when I met you, we were talking when we were driving in the Miata to go karting. Uh, that you actually you put a lot of time in. You know, to kind of to kind of get to that point where you qualified to go out to San Diego. Um, you know, how much how much time would you say, and what kind of things did you learn during that time? Yeah, it was. I was gonna say it before you just said it too, but I obviously wanted to give you a huge shout out for being the only person <laughs> to offer their car and to help me out during that time. So. No, I wasn't the only person. I was just the only person that had the time. Right. Okay. So. But uh, yeah, I mean that was a that was a really fun time for sure. Yeah, it was awesome. I I know we had to go to the go karts first to make sure I I actually knew how to it's turn okay, a wheel. Man. And... It's okay. <laughs> but yeah, uh, man, spending so much time for me, I really didn't feel like I was the greatest Gran Turismo player. So a lot of people they could go and and play for an hour and a half and be right at the top of the leaderboard, and 
for me, I just spent hours and hours and hours. Like I learned in 2011, if I didn't take the time to do it, that it wasn't going to work. So, yeah. I mean, essentially you treated it like a job. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the competition, the real main part of the competition was usually only one to two weeks long. Yeah. So for that time, I mean, there were other people in the competition too, that they took vacation off of work and they just Wow. grind it out the hours yeah I mean, well i mean it is it's an excellent opportunity right i what other opportunity are you going to have to be basically become a factory driver yeah you know? i mean it's it's i learned it the hard way the first year so yeah. i just i put in the time and uh yeah when when i was sick of playing i would play another hour or two after that i mean it was just a grind but obviously in the end uh, it paid off for sure yeah absolutely so what was it like when you when you finally realized like that you had qualified and that you were going out to San Diego to to Comic-Con to compete? Yeah, it, it was pretty exciting. Um in 2011, I was playing all the way up until the last minute that the that really? the competition ended and I set a really good time with like 3 minutes left <laughs> and I was like, "Yes." And then when it ended, somebody else had set oh, an really? even better time. So, so you were like, you were qualified. Yes, and I then, made it. And then I was man. like, oh, man. So then, uh, <laughs> yeah, in, in 2012, again, I just played. I just grind it out until the last minute. And when I actually made it to the finals, it was uh, a massive relief. You know, I knew then, even then, that the finals were going to be definitely a, a massive challenge. Because yeah. <clears throat> you don't get to grind out laps there. It's it's all or nothing, and either you make it or you don't at that point. So. Yeah, yeah. What's it like? I mean, going there. What what was kind of the format when you showed up? You know, because obviously everybody kind of with GTA or with with Gran Turismo, you can kind of like dial the car in to your you know the way that you like it and everything, and have your controller you know set up the way that you like. Uh, was there any of that? You know, was it potential to set up things the way that you like them set up when you were competing or, or not really? No, not at all. Um, wow. Even even the qualifying round, all of the cars were all the same. Everyone on the same tire, same setup, same track, everything the same. Total level playing field. So uh, when we got to San Diego, um, you know, it was it was more of the same there, except from now, instead of being time trial based, it was head-to-head racing. Okay. Four on four. So. Wow. Yeah, going uh, <clears throat> up against the best guys. I mean, we we had our own little secret group that we were training on before. Oh, yeah. We were all, like, racing each other just, like, find each other on Facebook and stuff? Or, like, in just... In Gran Turismo lobbies. Oh, okay. So we would we would set up a time and then go and, and race each other there. That's pretty um, cool. Yeah, it was nice. So yeah. That definitely helped a lot because I never... I actually never raced against people online before that. So getting head-to-head racing experience during that time between uh, the online part and the national finals was huge. Yeah. yeah Cause I, I actually, you know, you contacted me a little bit after you came back from San Diego and that's right. when we started doing stuff. So you had already qualified and, and you knew that you were going out to Silverstone at that point. Yep. So, and I think you had what, maybe like two and a half months or so to train. I don't even think it was that long. I think it was a month and a half or, okay. or two months, something like that. Yeah. Okay. But when we were there, um, as far as the competition goes, we had, a qualifying round and then <clears throat> basically from then on it was like a bracket style wherever you qualified as kind of who you raced against you know on the other end of the bracket so um, each round after that it was four versus four uh, your position in the race uh, gave you points for each round and then lucky for me I got uh, 
a Sylvia on Sakuba circuit, which is one of my favorite combinations there. I love Sakuba circuits. So. Okay. And I drive a 240 also, so that helps. Um, yeah, so I had that the first race, and I qualified on pole, and, and I won that race both rounds. So that gave me a huge points uh, cushion. Oh, absolutely. So I could play it a little bit conservative after that, which was you know obviously a, a huge help with nerves and everything like that because really, I mean, you only get one shot at this, right? So yeah. You know that the whole time, and and everybody there is really good at it too. So yeah. So how many how many people actually showed up and and qualified to go to Comic Con? There were four hundred thousand people who entered, and then uh, it they took the top thirty two out of the U.S. Okay. So and of those top thirty two, how many actually you know went on to Silverstone with you? So um, sixteen. They narrowed it. They cut it in half again. So okay. Sixteen from there, I finished eleventh okay. out of the sixteen, and. Uh, then we all, yeah, 16 of us went to Silverstone for the for the one week, basically race camp, boot camp. Yeah. And yeah, what was it like? Because I know a lot of people have watched the, you know, watched the TV show, but obviously they compact a lot, you know, they compact a whole day into a, a short, a lot shorter segment. You know, what was it like? Like, did you have a lot of downtime while you were there or? There wasn't really too much. I mean, there was some downtime because certain things I could only do, you know, one or two drivers at a time. So. Yeah. You know, if you have 16 people to go through, then that takes uh, a little while. But they would get us get us up really early in the morning. And there was one night I think we were still out there until like 11 or something at night. Oh, doing wow. It. So there were some long days for sure. You know, the, the TV production takes quite a bit of time for some of the stuff. So mm-hmm. we did have some downtime. But when it was time to go, I mean, you had to be on it and flat out. So Yeah. Now, did they, when they flew you over, you know, did everyone have separate flights and everything? And then you all met up, you know, at the, at the airport or, you know. Yeah, everybody. I mean, we had guys all the way from uh, Hawaii. Steve Deem came all the way from Hawaii. So we had, we had a few different flights, but they kind of timed it all. So um, they loaded, loaded up, I don't know, anywhere from four to six of us or something like that, or eight of us, however many it was, I don't remember, but they had a driver meet us there and. And uh, we all rode in a bus back to, uh, or a van, mm-hmm. like a sprinter van kind of thing, back to uh, Silverstone. Okay. So what was it like when you showed up? Were you like, oh my God, I'm like, did it finally hit you then when you showed up to the track? It it hit me on the way back from San Diego. Like, wow, I can't believe this is I'm a, this actually is going. Yeah. Yeah. So I was on the plane home from San Diego, kind of like, you know, just. You have four hour flight or whatever back to Chicago, so reflecting the whole time, like, wow, this is amazing. I, I can't believe I actually made it. Yeah, it's so. like super stoked and Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's it's really hard to describe because you have now you have one hundred percent like shot at actually becoming a factory driver. Yeah. So yeah, as soon as I got home from there, I I went uh started training. I lost a good 10 to 15 pounds. Like mm-hmm. I was pretty overweight at the time. So got my ass training and uh, started doing some track stuff like with you and yeah. karting and, you know, the autocross, whatever. And then, yeah, on the way there, it's just all nerves, you know? Yeah. And then you get there and, and you're on the bus riding over to Silverstone and you're on the wrong side of the road and <laughs> you have all these weird signs. Where and it's just am like, I? Yeah, it's a whole other world compared Color to Color like, with a U? I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I traveled a little bit growing up, like, you know, here and there, but nothing like that. So yeah. it, was, it was all quite a bit yeah. crazy of a thing for me. So Now, was there anybody that was there that year that had come the year before as well? 
Once you go, you're not allowed to oh, okay. go back again. Okay. You can make national finals and not make it to Silverstone and try again, but once you make Silverstone, then that's it. That's it. You get okay. your one shot. So. Okay. Now, what was the the level of competition like when you got there? I was kind of feeling it out after uh, yeah. San Diego, you know, kind of asking like, oh, what if, what, what have you, you raised? What have or, you done? Yeah. yeah. So I was kind of surprised that a lot of the people hadn't really done too much in cars, mm-hmm. you know, HPDEs or, or whatever. And, you know, there was uh, some... Wasn't there one kid there that like didn't even have a driver's license or something? I think he had a license, but I'm not sure if he'd ever actually gone on a track. But. Okay. And then we had we had some really good autocrossers too. So. Yeah, I know like Nick Barbato and stuff like exactly. that just from my S2000 days. Yep. So he was there for sure. Yeah. Um, I told him, you know, I was like, it's going to be close, I think. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was good fun. Um, those guys blew my mind when we actually got there and we had our first time trial basically on track. Um, I wasn't quite expecting everyone to be as fast as they were. And I think I ended up like ninth or something in the first time trial. And it was mm-hmm. kind of a big shock. Like, uh oh. <laughs> I think I might be in trouble here. Yeah. I, I did win the first kart race, which was cool. So uh, that was kind of a good confidence booster right away. But then when we got in the cars, it was kind of a whole nother, whole nother world. And I was surprised that the people who show up are really good. And it's not just one person. That's the whole bunch. Yeah. You know, I thought you, you had a pretty good shot coming in because, you know, when we went karting, like you're all over me. Granted, I was super out of shape at the time too. You know, typical racer <laughs> excuses. But and then when we went autocrossing too, you were constantly beating me by like a tenth or two tenths of a second in my own car, and I was actually getting really frustrated too. <laughs> I was like, "What the hell, man? Like, who is this kid?" So you know, when you won, it kind of added some like. I was like, "Okay, we're okay. I don't feel so bad anymore." <laughs> you know, so yeah, you're not the first person. Uh, <laughs> even even drag racing or something, somebody would be like, "Yeah, take my car down." Yeah, and then I beat their time. And they're yeah. like, "What? How?" Well, I don't get it. For me, it was just karma because I'm used to doing that to other people, you know? <laughs> and then now I'm like, well, who the heck is this kid? So it was it was good, man. It was good. But yeah, we, uh, what, we did a little bit of karting out at Sugar River, which yep. that place was like really, really rough. And there are a couple of like spots where some of the curbing is like really, really tall. If you hit it, like you're going for a ride. And there's, there's some trees on the side of the track too, just to add to the excitement. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's actually that really cool, like shade tree back in like the corner coming onto the front straight. It's actually almost like, to me, it was kind of like a signature memory from there. And then isn't there like a banked corner or something, if I remember right? Yeah. The the second corner is uh, pretty fast and has some good banking so it's a fun track i really like going there um i think it was really hot that day too that yeah and it was just like literally we rented cars and it was just you and me like out on track for probably like 30 minutes to an hour yep 30 minute sessions yeah yeah i think we did what two of them i think so we did like two 30 minute sessions and like you know i'm used to like 15 minute sessions (laughs) in the car and the car dude i was just beat by the end of that day i was just like beat absolutely beat a lot of people don't realize karting it takes it out of you. I mean, yeah. it's, it's not, nah, as easy my cart as... was just messed up, man. <laughs> my cart was messed up. So, but no, actually it's funny. Cause I just bought a cart recently and I left the, the first time I took it out, I left the pin that kind of holds the steering wheel into the frame so that you can align it. Uh, and after three laps, my arms were just dead tired cause I was bending the pin back and forth. The steering oh wasn't God. freed up. So yeah, I've wow. talked about it on the show before, <laughs> but yeah, it was, uh, I was like, what am I doing? And I flashed back to that memory. I was like, 
maybe I'm just like really, really out of shape. It's like, <laughs> what did I just do? I bought this cart and I can't even like steer the thing. That's funny. And then my buddy Promo uh, hopped in it and was driving it and complained about the same thing. But at a certain point, the pen finally snapped and he thought he broke something in the steering. So wow. more vindication. I was like, okay, <laughs> okay. We're not, it wasn't just me. So yeah. yeah and then we did some, uh, in the driver development program, we did some 125cc like Rotex. Oh, nice. Tag cart stuff. Okay, yeah. So that that's even stepping it up another ridiculous level. Yeah. There. So <laughs> when I got back home, uh, I actually bought one for myself to. Yeah, which you still have, right? Yeah. Yeah. So keep training on that. It's some of the best training you can get for sure. I yeah. mean, that's so physical. And, yeah. So what other like fun things did you guys do while you were over there that were kind of like eye opening for you? I know you had to drive what uh, a GTR through like a what was it like a balloon hoop or like a there was something it was like a styrofoam yeah it was wall. like an arch yeah <clears throat> yeah that was that was quite interesting so, I, dude somebody creamed it too Barbado yeah <laughs> I think it was creamed it yeah they one of the gate the gates were different size but one of them was I think only two inches or four it was like two inches on each side or four inches on each side wider than the mirrors of the car so. Yeah. You had to go through there at like 80 miles an hour or something. And it's yeah. like, when, when have I ever done anything like that except trying to avoid you an accident? You on the toll road. Here, man. <laughs> yeah, in through Illinois, the toll right? Booths, yeah. <laughs> 90 miles an hour through the toll booth. <laughs> or circle track racing when there's uh Shoot the gap, man. You got to shoot the gap. <laughs> exactly. 80 cars on a quarter mile track. Yeah. yeah. Were so. the fields really that big? Some of them, yeah. There's uh, there's an Enduro down at Rockford, and usually they get anywhere from 80 to like 120 cars on a quarter mile wow. track. So wow, that's just like that's ridiculous. Yeah, holy crap, traffic jams. Yeah, it's and like nine wide sometimes coming yeah. down the front street. I'm sure it makes it interesting though, because there's obviously going to be tons of back markers, and then you're just having to pick your way through them. So. Yeah, it makes for an interesting race. That's yeah. for sure. I usually yeah. spectate that. A lot one. of a lot of wrecked cars. I bet, right? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want to bring anything nice there. So. Yeah. So going back to Silverstone, what are what are some of the other things? I know at one point wasn't there like a a mountain bike race kind of portion? Like you drove a uh, a formula car or something, and then had to like do some cycling or or something. Yeah, there was a they called it the quadrathlon. So we had like a that was that the final the final event too. No, it was so, it was just kind of in the okay, middle. Okay. Um, yeah, but th- we basically started off with I think it was a half mile run or something like that, maybe a mile, and then there was a couple little like tire obstacles or something in the middle, and then then we had to jump from there into a single seater like uh, basically kind of like a Formula Ford type car, um, and do some laps there, which obviously all this stuff is time too, and everybody's watching every move you make the whole time so uh did the run i made it through the run uh did the laps in the single seater and got back in time and ended up getting a mountain bike because at each phase there were less and less things so uh there were only i think eight bikes or something like that and i ended up getting to a bike in time and then uh, you had to ride basically around the whole silverstone circuit to get to the other paddock where they had a gtr waiting uh, I didn't get a car there, so I didn't make it too far in the, to the final round of that competition. But, uh, yeah, we did that. Um, they had, like, a mud run, basically, through the woods obstacle course, um, which was a team event. And uh, they kind of picked uh, the fitter guys to be with some letter, lesser fit people, which I was at the bottom end of that one. But uh, my team helped me through there, carried me through, and... 
we actually won that obstacle course and okay beat some kids that i think i was uh probably less fit then but i was pretty motivated for this competition so yeah so now at gt academy at the competition there were some professional racers there too like boris said i think was there that year danny sullivan um yeah yep. so what, what was that kind of like getting to interact with those guys yeah those guys are awesome um they're just they're just cool guys they, yeah. they love racing um nice guys to hang around with for sure uh i got to drive boris said and danny sullivan oh, like cool they sat shotgun so yeah for me that was kind of uh intimidating probably everybody else too <laughs> you have these legendary guys next to you and yeah i mean at the end of the day they're they're just like we are they're just people and they love cars they love racing they they want us to succeed too so uh that that was definitely something to remember for sure yeah. So how how long were you over there total? It was a one week competition. I think we got there on like Saturday or Sunday morning and then we left on the following Sunday or Monday or something like that. But Okay. Now that final event was essentially wasn't it kind of like a wheel to wheel race almost? Yep, so they narrowed it down to four people. Yeah. And I was in the uh the four there and they put us in 370Zs that were prepped with a roll cage and a limited slip diff and some other stuff like that. And we it, we it was held just like a, a normal race weekend. They had a practice session, qualifying session, and then we did uh, the grid lineup. And then after the grid lineup, you do one formation lap, come back grid again, and then start the race. And uh, during the when we first gridded, we get a practice start. And during the practice start, I launched it in first, went to shit to second, and I missed second gear. Mm. And I was like, man, you really have to pull that. Like, I don't know if it was just that car, because those things get abused really bad. Yeah, yeah. So, but it uh, made a mental note of that. And then when we gridded up for the start of the race, the uh, the lights turned off and I went. And the same thing that happened to me in practice happened to Jet. Oh, really? And he missed second gear. Oh, so man. I qualified second. He qualified first. And I yanked second gear and kept on going and came out of the first corner in first place. Never looked back. Yeah. Well, I looked back a yeah, lot, lot, actually, but <laughs> figuratively. Try, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Trying to maintain uh, the race as best I could. And how long did that race seem like it was? Oh, did it man. seem like it just lasted forever? Yeah. It seemed like a lifetime <laughs> when you're in first Especially, place yeah, and when you know you're leading. And, yeah. Yeah. You, I, you're basically, and it's crazy too, because there's a helicopter flying over. There's a, a Mercedes, uh, g suv with a huge um russian arm the camera oh really boom hanging off yeah. they're driving down the side yeah. of the track i mean <laughs> all these things that people don't think about right but you have a helicopter buzzing your car during this race and <laughs> all this stuff going on you know what's on the line you yeah. know you only get one chance and the guys behind you you know you, they know you're you're the guy to beat right so yeah. they see their opportunity in front of them and you're just sitting there with open track in front of you trying not to make a mistake so yeah, it was uh, probably the most pressure that I've ever felt in my life, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Now, after you, you won and you came back, I mean, there was obviously a lot of time that went in between when the series aired, and especially when that last episode aired, and, you know, when you, when you left um, and when you knew that you won. I mean, how hard of a secret was that to keep? <laughs> well, for <laughs> personally, it was pretty easy because uh, <clears throat> when... When I flew home from Silverstone after the TV filming and everything, my next ticket to fly back to Silverstone to start training was in five days. Oh, wow. So I, I had five days to uh, 
you know, set everything up and basically know that I was going to be gone. So was it more just uh, making sure that your family members could keep a secret? Yeah, basically. (laughs) Yeah. That's what it came down to is I told, uh, told one, one close friend that I knew wouldn't say anything and my family members. And then I was off to Silverstone and I lived there for, uh, I think a little over three months training. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So that was, uh, an awesome journey. You know, it's, it's such a life changing event. I mean, yeah. your whole life just in that one week just completely changes. <laughs> yeah. So now what was, what was the, the training process like, you know, after, after you were selected or I guess not selected after you earned it, that's the better, you, that's the better term. You definitely earn this. Yeah. People, people always say, Oh, you're so lucky. You got a free ride, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah. Hey man, there were so many hours going into this. I yeah. mean, you know, it's it's not given to you. I mean, everyone has the same opportunity. I did all of the 400,000 people who entered, everyone who you know, was at home who didn't enter that feels they should have won. Yeah. Uh, they all had the same chance I did, right? So Yeah. You have to put in the time, you have to put in the effort and and the competition is not easy. And all of those guys want it just as bad as you do, so what kind of opportunities did you have training after that? Like, you know, when you went back to Silverstone and you were there for three months, what was that kind of process like? Because I, I know it was, it, it was talked about a little bit at the end of the show, but literally it was like a three or four minute segment. Right. So, yeah, it, um, the training program is, is really good. If, if I'm, if I'm honest, now, uh, were you there by yourself or you were there with other GT Academy final or, you know, winners from, you know, from Europe and stuff like that, or right, was so, it just you? So each, um, each reason, region of Nissan that chooses to do the competition have their own winners. So, uh, Europe had their own USA, had their own Germany and Russia. So I were was, all those filmed at different times too? Yeah, they were okay. throughout a month. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, I lived with, uh, a Russian, Mark Shalzitsky, a German, Peter. Okay. And uh, the European winner, who's from Belgium, Wolf. So all four of us in, in one house, uh, they were learning English. Like, that's a reality show in itself. It like, was they completely, completely, yeah. <laughs> they completely missed an opportunity there. Absolutely. There were there were a lot of good memories that were made just from hanging out with those guys. Yeah. And, yeah, we, we were doing... Uh, we basically got a right, a race license when we did our final race for the TV show. Okay. So once we had that and we won and we came back, we could go race like club races. So we actually did some of the, uh, the MX five cup. Yeah. Without, there. without roofs over there though. Right. Right. Well, uh, there it's MX five cup, but it's in like in a, right. In a Miata's. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not like the MX five cup that we're used to here with the newer cars. Exactly. If, if anybody, have, if any of you guys have ever seen the uh, YouTube video where the, the dude pushes the dude, his mirror. The in. dude reaches out and put, those are the guys that I raced against. So <laughs> That's awesome. it was, it was a party on wheels for sure. Those guys know how to have a good time. So yeah, I bet. We, we did a couple uh, of those races and we did some other club racing, um, with the, they were called free race cars. The ones that we used for the final race on the TV show, we raced those. And then, uh, we also had a group N 370 Z, which was a little more race pet prepped pretty much stock engine but it had like good dampers a sequential gearbox you know racing brakes so then we stepped up to those and then eventually into the gt4 car which uh you know similar to a gts world challenge or gs uh continental tire car so after that um we got we had to get so many signatures on our license to have an international license to go to dubai for the 24 right and then we raced the gt4 370 in uh, Dubai for the 24 hour there. How'd you guys do that year? 
Um, my other teammates did really well. They were on the podium. Uh, our car, we had a small incident. One of the other drivers had a small incident during the night, and we lost a few hours repairing mm. the car. So our race was pretty much over at that point. Uh, I think we got eighth or something like that in okay. class or nine. That's still not bad, like though. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of cars in that race. Yeah. I think 80 or something cars. or It's a huge event over there, so... Where else did you get to race in Europe? I know, you know, obviously we're Facebook friends, so right. I got to see all your all your endeavors and just be super jealous. Um, but, you know, for our listeners that don't really know, like, where else did you really go? Uh, when we were doing the club race stuff, we started off at um, Brands Hatch. Yeah. The full GP, which was awesome. Um, we did some other smaller tracks like Anglesey and Castlecombe, which are obviously famous in England, but... Maybe not too many people in the U.S. know about it. Um, we went to Donington for a four-hour night race in in the GT4 car, which that was really fun. Uh, we got second place that race, so that was that was good. Uh, other than that, once we did the Dubai race, we I was uh, all of us got selected to keep going in the you know in the um, driver program, the development program. So we got a full season of Blancpain okay. in, endurance series. So I got to do Monza. Silverstone, Paul Ricard, uh, the Spa 24, which didn't really end too well for our car 20 minutes in, so I never actually got to race that car, but I did get to do the practice day and qualifying and all the stuff leading up to that. So, so I mean, at that point, you were, like, racing, like, every single weekend and probably multiple times a week, too, including, you know, especially with practice and stuff like that. During the driver development program we did, we had, okay. a, we had a lot of uh, good driving time and track days and stuff like that with data so we could learn um but the blunt pain season is a five race season over you know it's from april i think it is until september okay so that was a little bit slow there but we had other stuff going on like uh you know a gran turismo 15th anniversary release party nissan 360 event i had a couple of races in the u.s too in world challenge that i did that year so uh it was a pretty busy year yeah but you always want to race more, I guess, right? Yeah, always. I I ended up doing one FIA GT race instead of the 1,000 kilometers of Nürburgring at the end of the year, and uh, that was in Navarra, Spain. Okay. And I went from 11th to 3rd overall in that race, so that was my last race in the GT3 car and probably my most favorite moment of driving so far, really, because... Yeah. Was that the yeah. event that I picked you up or took you to the airport for? I forget. There was one one event that you were either I took you to the airport or, or you came back. I forget exactly what it was. Yeah, I can't remember. But, but I remember that I remember yeah. the ride, but I don't remember yeah. exactly what event it was. It might have been uh, a World Challenge race or something. Okay. Like that. Well, I thought sure. it was Europe, but it could have been. I don't know. Yeah. So, but yeah, the FIG, FIA GT race was pretty amazing. Um, we ended up winning the team championship in the Blanc Pain Endurance Series that year for Pro Am. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was it was a great year, awesome year. Yeah, so that was uh, it's pretty pretty exciting, man. Yeah, I mean, like I said, going from a fifty dollar four cylinder front wheel drive, yeah, quarter mile, third mile oval track to six months later being in a five hundred fifty horsepower GTR <laughs> GT three car at Monza is like blows your mind you know now have you noticed any differences uh racing in europe versus racing here in the states uh i mean 
I've been in different classes, so it's kind mm-hmm. of hard to say. But I think the the people here are uh, they like to drive a little bit more aggressively, and okay. they're not afraid to put a bumper on you. I think over there it's kind of more. Sometimes they'll stay in your way and they won't move out of your way, but usually they're not just going to run into you just to run into you yeah. <laughs> like we find here. So. <laughs> but it's all good. I come from circle track, so we get hit basically on every lap there. So yeah. Yeah, I'm used, mm, to, used it. to it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, cool. Let's, uh, let's take a quick break and go to a speed secret from Ross Bentley. Cool. Okay, time to bust another myth here. Smooth is fast. Yeah, it is, and, and, and please don't get me wrong, it's, I'm not saying that smooth isn't fast, but it can be overdone as well, in, but primarily in one area, and that is the, the initial application of the brake pedal. You know, I've had people hop in a car with me and, you know, I drive around the track and they'll come in afterwards and go, man, you're really smooth, except for the way you apply the brakes. You really get on the brakes hard, and, you know, I've just felt myself slamming almost into the seatbelt, and yeah, it's that hard initial application. Can it be too hard? Yes, it can. If you're driving a car without ABS, you can obviously lock out the brakes if you're too hard on, on the initial application. But the idea is to apply the pressure, squeeze it on as hard as you can, as quickly as you can, and build up that braking pressure as much as you can early in the brake zone. And then you can start to modulate. You've got the rest of the brake zone to kind of modulate and release the pedal as you get, as you roll into the corner. You know, rather than the typical the way we brake typically on the street is we slowly come on the brake pedal and brake harder as we get towards the end of the brake zone. On the track, you need to flip that around, and it's a hard initial application. Then you can start to release or release the pedal a little bit as you get closer to the end of the brake zone and as your, split, your speed bleeds off. So again, hard initial application. That's about the only time that smooth isn't fast. And we're back. Thanks, Ross, for that driving tip. For more on Ross and Speed Secrets, you can visit speedsecrets.com. So now, Steve, tell me a little bit about kind of what, you know, racing stateside. I know you've done a little bit of Grand Am stuff and a little bit of World Challenge stuff. Um, You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, sure. Um, uh, In 2013, when I was still doing the Blanc Pain stuff, I did uh, a couple races in GTS in World Challenge. Um, okay. What car was that in? The 370Z in GTS, the DWW Motorsports. Okay. Um, didn't really have that great of a... We were down on speed, I'll, I'll put it that way. So um, got a hard charger award from basically starting towards the back and making my way through traffic. Yeah. But uh, not too good, not too great of results there, but... Um, then in 2014, we had a pretty good year with the Skull Candy Ultimas. Yeah. Yeah, you actually uh, took P1 at uh, one of the races at Road America that year, right? Yeah, the the first rain race in in Probably World Challenge TC. Got a, got a win there, and then unfortunately got taken out by spinning Volkswagen in the second race <laughs> on the first lap. So that one didn't end too well. But I also had a win at Miller Park uh, later on in the year. Okay. Along with three other second place finishes so definitely a a pretty good year and a pretty competitive car for tc yeah and then we did some imsa racing too with the ultima uh unfortunately the car wasn't really on pace in imsa i think honestly they just didn't really want that car up front i guess i don't know i know Uh, we 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 talked about it a little bit online at the time and you know the 
it was a lot skinnier tire that you had to run compared to what you're doing in World Challenge, and didn't the cars have to weigh a little bit more too? Uh, just it was just a little bit heavy compared to yeah. uh, you know what it what it should have been. I think we we're probably a good hundred pounds or more heavier than we needed to be. Right, because we we were just about one second off pace per minute of lap time at every track. So, except for Kansas, I, I qualified third at Kansas, which was our best qualifying of the year, and. I think we ended up sixth or something like that there, but okay. there there aren't too many turns there. It's pretty much uh, do the oval. Is that and at then, Heartland Park? Uh, it was at the NASCAR oval track oh, okay. down in Kansas. Okay, so. but yeah, you, you just go into the uh, infield and basically do a couple little ninety degree corners at first, and then two hairpins, and you're back in the oval. So yeah, the car did pretty well there. Um, <clears throat> we had pretty good torque with the uh, three point five V six. So it was a pretty good car for there, and, and for Daytona it wasn't too bad. But the rest of the tracks, it just it was kind of undertired and overweight. And they with the BOP, they just really didn't want to help us, no matter mm. how much we asked. So yeah, <laughs> that's where we were with that one. But uh, yeah, in World Challenge, it was great. I, I, I really enjoyed those uh, six races, three race weekends that we had, and uh, had some good results. Yeah. Now, so in addition to driving, I know you've also crewed for a couple teams, too, at, at various events, um, usually Nissan teams. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I know, you know, it's probably, to me, it would be kind of frustrating and hard because you're there and you're like, man, I want to be driving, but at least you still get to be around it, you know? Yeah, we we did a test um, at the end of 2013 in an LMPC car for Muscle Milk. Was that Sebring? Yeah, Sebring. Yeah, I remember seeing your... your I guess I don't want to say in-car. It was more on-car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was awesome. Uh, driving a, a true prototype like that for the first time, definitely a whole different world. You know, yeah. I've, I've always driven production, production cars. Yeah. yeah. Mostly front-wheel drive, too, actually. So to have something with that much grip and that much downforce and carbon brakes, and it was just a whole new world. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, what what kind of advice was given to you before you got into that car to drive for the first time? None. No? <laughs> we just, they just sent us on our way. I yeah. mean, that's kind of, uh, even when, even in the, the um, GT Academy, like, race camp, it was just kind of like, they chucked you in the car and, yeah. and off you went and we'll see how you do, you know? So there wasn't like a, yeah, you know, you can take this corner a lot faster because of all the arrow. Right. I mean, they just sent us on our way and, huh. and we could go over data, you yeah. know, obviously when we got back to the pits and stuff and it was a two day test. So we had quite a bit of running time for sure. Um, muscle milk team with Greg Pickett was amazing. Those guys were, were awesome. True championship team. Um, they really knew how to get the best out of the car and, and the drivers and everybody there was just enjoyed being there, which was a nice, uh, kind of change of pace from some of the teams and you know not necessarily the teams that i've driven for but some of the other teams you can just tell that the people are just there for a job and they don't really their heart really isn't into it but with yeah. those guys they were passionate about every lap with that car and yeah on and off the track it was it was amazing and i got to crew with them for the daytona 24 when they brought the lmp2 car to the u.s which was a pretty short-lived program, unfortunately, because things were looking pretty pretty good for us as far as possibly driving that car. Yeah. So, um, yeah, total shame that 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 whole thing. You know, Greg Pickett ended up selling Muscle Milk to Hormel. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure that was his 
retirement fund right there. <laughs> easily, not that he, not, easily. Not that he didn't have enough money already, but um, he's a great guy. I really wish uh, he would get back into it because yeah. his team was great, and that whole experience with them was just awesome. Oh, I bet. So I guess now, in addition to driving race cars, you also get to drive other stuff uh, with Nissan, like the Juke R and stuff like that. You know, the GTR, the GTR drivetrain Nissan Juke. So I know that was probably probably pretty cool, right? Yeah, we get to do some pretty cool stuff like that. Uh, they also had the Nissan Leaf RC, which is a true yeah, carbon. Yeah, you telling, telling me about that at dinner, yeah. Yeah, it's a true carbon tub and... It's almost kind of like a prototype, kind of, with somewhat looking leaf body on it with a stock leaf drivetrain. So we get to drive people around, give passenger rides, and and sit shotgun with uh, journalists and stuff with that, which it goes around an autocross course really well. Like it, it How would, much does that thing weigh? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I didn't ask that question. Um, but, yeah, going... Going around autocross course with that thing was awesome. It, it would just blow people's minds that have yeah. never been in an actual race car, you know. So yeah. that was cool. And, yeah, they have two Juke R's, one right-hand drive, one left-hand drive. I got to drive both of those, uh, one in the U.S. and one back in England. So giving people rides in that thing, that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's pretty pretty close to the same weight, believe it or not, as the GTR. Really? But uh, the wheelbase is quite a bit shorter, so it's a little more lively. So... <laughs> It was a pretty fun car to drive for sure. Oh, I bet. So, and then I guess in addition to that, right now, you, I know I've seen photos on Facebook. Uh, you've been caging another car for yourself, uh, which is kind of, kind of unique. You know, there are, there's a lot of people that can drive well, but may not necessarily be able to wrench and fabricate and stuff like that. But really, I mean, that goes back to before you were even doing any of this. You know, you were building your own cars. So uh, what's uh, what what are you building for this season, circle track wise? Uh, yeah, I mean, I still like to get back and get dirty at the dirt tracks with my buddies who I used to race with a long time ago. And do do people know you? Like when you show up, they're like, "Oh, that's that's Steve." Like, I mean, I don't I don't really know. Yeah, <laughs> some people I get funny looks sometimes, but I'm not sure how many people actually know or whatever. Yeah, um, I'm not sure GT Academy is super popular in the oval racing community, but. Uh, I st I started off there, you know, like I said, back in 2002, and me and my buddies were always the ones who built our own cars. I mean, we didn't, I, I, I couldn't afford to have anybody else, you know, build a car for me or anything like that. So, yeah, um, yeah I went to automotive school, like I said, and uh, I know how to I know how to build a car from the ground up. And last summer, my previous car that I built many years ago, back in probably 2007. Uh, that car got destroyed at a dirt track, <laughs> so that didn't end too well. So now I'm building a, a newer Sentra, and uh, yeah, just trying to finish. Cage is pretty much done now. I I do all the cage stuff myself, and you know, stuff in the transmission and wiring, and basically the whole car from the ground up is all uh, done by me and a couple buddies. Okay. Now, what's uh, what's the future look like as far as the the pro racing goes? Well, that's kind of up in the air now. Um, with Nissan, a lot of people heard about the LMP1 program, you know, being closed down, and a lot of people lost their jobs from that. So uh, Nissan chose not to do that anymore, and they also chose not to do any of the Continental Tire stuff anymore. So okay. um, that left pretty much all of us out of uh, a job for this year. So at the moment, I'm looking either for funding or for a seat for something 
probably part-time this year and then hopefully leading to something full-time next year. Okay. And, uh, you know, you're probably available for some coaching and stuff too, for some of our listeners. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm always down to help anybody out with, uh, any kind of coaching or even, uh, you know, we did a tour of the shop today and yeah. I was like, Hey man, if you need some help around here, I'll come in and help you build some stuff. So. Yeah. So there's, yeah, there's, there's definitely a lot of different opportunities that you can, you can take and still be around the racing. Um, you know, we, we've talked to Jason, uh, Saney on the show before and, and that's kind of what he's been doing lately. So, um, but yeah, yeah. my whole life is basically cars and racing. So yeah, (laughs) from the moment I get up to the moment I go to sleep, that's pretty much all it is. Still playing Gran Turismo? Of course. Yeah. Along with some Call of Duty too, you know, got to get, got to get that in there too. But, uh, so you gotta, you need to be able to do both of them at the same time. (laughs) I only have one TV for that. Okay. Okay. We'll do, we'll do split screen. Bring your TV over and we'll we'll play Call of Duty with my steering wheel. How about that? So yeah, actually, yeah, that'd be kind of interesting, man. (laughs) Not sure how it would work. Yeah. Well, where, uh, where can people find out more about you and, you know, anybody that wants to, you know, maybe get some coaching and stuff like that or, or maybe some, some team owners and things like that or drivers that might want to split a seat? You know, how can they get a hold of you? Uh, the easiest thing is probably, you know, I'm on the, all the social media stuff, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, stuff like that. So um, S.Doherty023 or SteveDoherty023. Um, just look me up on, on there. Uh, you'll see me with all my Nissan gear. So Okay. Uh, just message me on there and whatever you need, we'll yeah. go from there. And if you can't find Steve, uh, you can also get a hold of me as well. And, That's right. Austin and has I know, my number. So. Yeah. yeah so, <laughs> so we're good. <laughs> so, well, thanks so much for coming on the show. Anytime, we really appreciate man. your time and look forward to, uh, to hanging out with you more this season. Definitely. I think we'll do that. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks.